We're talking stocks and investments and activist shareholders today. Hello out there in podcast world. This is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. This is Executive Director James Owen coming to you live on tape from the palatial Renew Missouri studios uh, on my second chair, Tim Opitz. Hi, Tim. Hello. Good morning to some. Maybe good afternoon or good evening to other people who are listening at other times of the day. That's right. Okay. And running the boards, Danielle Wilson. Hi, Danielle. Hi, James. Hey, big news for you. You got accepted into a law school this week, right? I did. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You'll be leaving us at some point. That mean, That's what that means, right? Sorry, yes. Okay. You'll still produce the podcast. Probably sure, not. No, sure, no, that's yeah. all right. Okay, so if this is going to sound a little slapdash, um, well, you may be thinking, what else is new? Uh, but we actually had slated this week, and I'm not trying to uh, throw him under the bus or anything, but Representative Kip Kendrick who has sponsored our community solar bill, uh, ours, a community solar bill concept that we work with his office on. He has been now put in charge as vice chairman of the state's uh, coronavirus response, so he's busy. (laughs) Hopefully not too busy, Tim. Hopefully not. Well, good good that we have smart people like him on the committee. That's right. Uh, They've already been hard at work. They've had several hearings, including at a time when we were going to go talk to him. So... We're going to talk about something that we've alluded to in some of our uh, emails. I certainly know I've talked about this to people on our real council, uh, real council. If you want to get the inside scoop on a lot of the uh, in the detail things that are going on in Missouri, uh, go email me at james at renewmo.org and I'll talk to you about how to do that. Minimum a thousand dollar donation, but if you want to be a sponsor of this organization, that's ten thousand. But we've got everything in between. So you've got a thousand dollars laying around, you can get all this great insight. What a deal! <laughs> So, so we've been talking about this a little bit. Okay, so there is a situation going on with one of our investor-owned utilities here in Missouri, Evergy, formerly KCPNL. Now, I think Evergy is formerly like formerly Weststar, and formerly Weststar, right? Okay, so we'll back up for a second here. Okay, so KCPNL used to just have these two service territories in Missouri for a long time. They had two service territories. KCPNL, which covered mainly the Kansas City metro area, and KCPL, Greater Missouri Operations, which kind of covered a large swath of rural Missouri. Now they are Evergy Metro and Evergy, what's the other one? Missouri West. Missouri West. Evergy Missouri West. Okay. Now that Evergy was created when they merged with Westar, which was a largely Kansas uh, investor-owned utility that was based out of Topeka, Kansas. It uh, was uh, a good chunk of the eastern part of Kansas, uh, other than the part that KCPNL was kind of covering in Johnson County. So this is a big company. Huge. Huge. I mean, this is like, somebody say it was a Fortune 500 company that was going to be created from this? Um, yeah, when we had the merger case a couple oh. of years ago, uh, <laughs> that was one of the marketing pitches for this merger is it would bring a Fortune 500 company. Yeah. Kansas City. I do recall being told that multiple times when I was challenging whether they should uh, get uh, Missouri PSC approval for that. Which, funny story, Tim, this is kind of an aside, but yes, when we were both at public council, I believe that was when Great Plains Energy, which owned, which technically was the holding company for KCPNL and KCPNL GMO, Greater Missouri Operations, was talking about acquiring Westar. I believe that was the understanding. And they said they did not have to come to Missouri to get approval for that because they're acquiring. A out of state utility. 
And they said it's really not the utilities acquiring it. It was the holding company right. the utilities acquiring it. It was their opinion that they did not have to get PSC approval for that, um, which, as public counsel, I sharply disagreed <laughs> with, that, with that legal opinion. Right. And the reason we did was because every all these like utility companies filed this kind of um, – well, they signed this kind of stipulation back in 2001. Right. There was a law passed, I don't know, two decades ago that allowed our regulated utilities to uh, incorporate as holding companies, uh, which many of them did. Yes. All of them did. Yes. And But in order to do that... Did Empire? Get, I don't know. Well, they, they're part of the holding company now. But now, but not, sure not back in the did. day. Yeah. I don't think back in the day they did. Um, but so as a part of getting commission approval, all of these utilities had these stipulations basically agreeing that whatever they were subject to regulation-wise before, of course they promised to be subject to regulation later. They promised. And, I mean, we <laughs> saw that uh, the folks at KCPL disagreed with that they did 20 years later. They did. The folks at Spire disagreed with that 20 years later. Yeah. So, um, My argument to them was if they wanted to change the terms of that stipulation and agreement, we needed to have additional consideration to the ratepayers of Missouri. They also disagreed with that position. Am I talking about things I'm not supposed to be talking about? I don't, I don't know. Okay. What are they going to do? Fire me well, from the, the state? Merger, <laughs> the merger went through. Okay. Uh, oh, yes, it did. They're <clears throat> receiving oh. benefits and all that sort of thing. Yeah, which also, by the way, they ended up coming in front of uh, the PSC voluntarily. I know another party filed a complaint. I'm not going to say whether you did or did not actually write that complaint, but somehow it ended up in the hands of another party who filed it, allegedly. And, and then they, that got dismissed, and then they got then they got denied their acquisition in Kansas because they did go to the Kansas Corporation Commission. That was denied there. Yeah, this is I know you're kind of looking at me like I'm wrong. I, this is right. So then they decided, okay, we're just going to merge with them, and then they agreed to come in before Kansas and Missouri. We were trying to get this coalition built of all of these people on the Kansas side and the Missouri side. That was really a disaster, as it turns out, because we ended up being the only party standing in the way of challenging this merger and KCPNL, to say the least, was upset they were again at us. Upset with, with <laughs> us, you in particular. Me in particular, right? because I think they kind of thought I had it out for them because I'd had this previous job as public counsel where I was challenging this. Now I'm at this dopey environmental renewable energy group. I say that facetiously, people. Don't don't send emails. Well, that became an issue um, on the cross examination of our witness, who was not you, who was not me, who was uh, Carl Robigo, who was a, a delight of a gentleman, who we had as a hired expert witness, who knew nothing about my background or knew nothing about my qualifications for this job or why I got hired, but they were trying to grill him on my what LinkedIn page, LinkedIn page, I think Twitter page, accusing you of being uh, environmental activist, I guess. Ah. They did accuse me of that. <laughs> uh, to which I said, well, you can read our intervention, and we are trying to advance renewable energy and energy efficiency in Missouri. Yeah. So. And one of my favorite moments doing this work uh, is when Commissioner Scott Roop kind of got a hold of their lawyers and said, kind of accused them of presenting uh, presenting two faces. One, when their executives were there being very pro-environmental, very pro-renewable, but then when they were gone and they were grilling my, our witness about me, they said they, they were treating us like dirt-eating druids, which 
I want on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also funny to me because, like, that's the perception of us as a, from, a, from a utility perspective because a lot of critiques I've received uh, since I took over this job is that I am not environmentalist enough by right. some of our supporters. Right. We talk about the economic benefits, yeah. jobs, yeah. Um, the money savings for renewable energy, yeah. and all of those are true. All those things are true. But we have supporters who want us to talk about other things. The too. altruistic elements of this, which I believe that with my predecessor, co-founder of this organization, PJ Wilson, was more of his focus. And yes, I would say that we probably contrast sharply between our leadership on that. And that's not to say mine is good or mine was bad or his was good or his was bad. It was just different. You're giving me this look like I'm saying something bad. Danielle Wilson. I'm just listening. Future lawyer. All right. Well, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Because I just, because it just, it was funny to me because I always make this joke when I talk about PJ, I had big sandals to fill. That was my joke because he was much more like, he was more kind of environmentally focused than I was. So it's funny to me that like I I get I still get treated by some people like I'm just some sort of dirty hippie. Yes, when you are uh, wearing a suit as we speak. So I am wearing a suit literally on this podcast because you know I, I like to keep it classy on this podcast. Um, you yeah you may not see it, but I think I hope you can hear it. Um, okay, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, okay. So the acquisition, the merger between Westar. And KCPNL happened over our objection, <laughs> which is, I think, probably should, I mean, probably went without saying. So now they're Evergy. So, okay, so a little bit of, you know, just so we get a little bit of PSE 101 stuff here, okay? So, like, Evergy, Aaron, Missouri, Empire Electric, when you hear us talking about PSC related utility companies. We are always dealing with a privately owned entity. And when we say privately owned, we mean that they are they they have shares. They are corp they are a corporation. They are shareholder driven. They have a board of directors that all the officers of those corporations report to. We call them IOUs, investor-owned utilities. Because that's again is another TLA or three-letter acronym that we deal with in this alphabet soup of regulatory stuff we do. So those three companies in Missouri, and they have to get their, their basically their certification to serve as a monopolistic utility, privately owned from the PSC. And that was the path that we chose all the way back in 1913 when the PSC was formulated by the legislature to help regulate the private power, private sale of power. Thanks, Grandpa, for the history lesson. Yes, okay. Did I get all that right, Tim? Broadly speaking? Good enough. Thank you. <laughs> What, what did I get wrong? You got it right. Okay, thanks. So, folks, um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, all right. So, and the reason all this merger stuff is relevant to what we're going to talk about here, because there's been some news stories, and we've kind of brought some of this up, that Evergy is dealing with an activist shareholder situation right now. And I'm going to color that in a little bit. When, okay, and I mean, this is probably a matter of opinion, Tim. Sure. Stop me if I'm if I'm going too far afield here. Um, that um, when they were when when Evergy was was KCPNL and they were kind of doing they were trying to like kind of raise money for this um, merger because it took some money to do it, did it not? Or when they're trying to acquire Westar, okay. they 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 did sell a lot of stock to help fund that stuff, right? 
Sure. And and that's not just mergers. That's when they well, want to build. They always do it. Coal plants. Am that's I? how. That's how. That's you how. Either issue bonds or you issue issue equity, which is stocks. Right? That yeah. That is how the nature of investor-owned utilities work. Well, this group out of New York City, Elliott Management Group, during this time where I think there was a lot of shareholder, there was a lot of stock activity going on around this merger and this acquisition talk. Right. They bought what they six have, million. Uh, 11.3 million shares okay. in Energy, which okay. is $760 million. Okay. And I think that's about 5% of all the shares of Energy. It's a lot of their It's a lot of their stock. It's 5% doesn't seem like a lot, but it's a large percentage compared to the right. re- average shareholder. And, yeah, and again, a little bit of this, Elliott Management Group, they, they're, they're kind of, their function is they buy up a bunch of stock and companies. And then they try to help manage the – they kind of do that because they see problems with how management is running things and they want to, like, change that to help maximize the investment in their stocks, right? Sure. Is that what, like, uh, I know in 2012 there was a guy running for president who called investors vulture capitalists. His name was Haley Barber. I think he, he coined that. Phrase. He called them that? He called – uh, they call Mitt Romney he called that? Mitt Romney a vulture oh. capitalist in the Republican primary. Are, well, but is that what bank capital was? Is that what Mitt Romney did? I thought he they would just go buy distressed companies and try to like re, like kind of basically make them basically. Well, basically what they're doing was they're like just basically trying to strip them down and sell their parts and make money and then just pretty much decimate the company. Okay, so that would be a that's a vulture capitalist. Okay, fair enough. What was Haley Barber working for when he did that? He was he was the, running for president. He was running for president? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember this. Yeah. All right. Well, that's probably right. Okay. Well, I was asking <laughs> if Elliott was like that. Oh, no. I, I think Elliott... See, my understanding of what Elliott Management Company does is they come in, they see where they, their belief is management is not maximizing the value of their shares for whatever reason. They get some sort of controlling interest in that company, and then they use that controlling interest to either reshape how that management is happening, or they get to get rid of management. That's what they do. They have done that with eBay. They have done that with Payless Shoes. They have done that with countries. I think they did that with, like, Argentina. Wow. They are currently doing it with Twitter. They have, and it has been announced last week that they have a controlling interest in Twitter. And the sole purpose of what they want to do, and they said this in a letter, they want to get rid of Jack Dorsey, who created Twitter and is a CEO. And they don't like him? They don't like him. And the reason they don't like him, I think, is the complaint I have read or the tea leaves that have been discerned is because Jack Dorsey is also the CEO of another company, of Square, which is like the where you use the little thing to, like, you know, run credit cards. He's the CEO of that. And they they think that it shows that he is um, not fully focused on his job. Oh, and he also said he wanted to, like, do the job from, like, Africa for, like, four or five months. They also seem to think that was not smart either. Jack Dorsey, St. Louis guy. Did you know that he's from St. Louis? I had no idea. Yeah, he actually he's actually in St. Louis quite a bit. His family still lives there. Well, if you follow him on Twitter, you'll see that. Like he could be he also like only eats like one meal a day or something. He probably has some eating disorder and he's convinced it's like spiritual. What was I talking about? <laughs> Eccentric billionaire. Yeah, okay. Well, okay, so Elliott Management Group also has this controlling share in Twitter. They've done all this other stuff, and now Relevant to what we are talking about, they are—they uh, have like this kind of uh, controlling interest in Evergy. Not controlling. Well, they are able to. Okay, They're I use the wrong phrase. Some control. They are able to exert some control. Some control that makes them 
where they need to be listened to. Yeah, you can't just... Um, Ignore that. Like, if you were to buy one share and go into their annual meeting, which you'd have a right to do as a shareholder, right. they might escort you out if you just started, started making the demands there. Right. Elliot is making. Okay, because, I mean, and I think... Okay, so this all kind of broke out as news in January of this year. This, I think they revealed themselves privately, according to their letter. This is according to a letter by Elliott Management Group that they released in January when this became public. They said they had privately approached leadership at Evergy about their interests and what they wanted to change. And they did not feel that Evergy's upper management was responsive to that. Right. So, and as a matter of fact, what they accused Evergy of was trying to change their corporate governance rules to basically affect the way like votes happened and seats on the board of directors were allotted based on their what they saw was a concern with this potential activist shareholder group which of course caused Elliott management group to go public yeah you could say that backfired it, it seems like it did <laughs> it seems like their effort to maybe kind of control them didn't work because they were able to then get it in the media and it got the attention of, you know, analysts and shareholders and yada, yada, yada. Um, but then I think what has happened, what's interesting is ever since they announced this, their stock's been going up as of red. I mean, I can do some basic math. I mean, it's been going up. And now and you might be thinking to yourself, okay, well, why does Renew Missouri care about this? I mean, well, one, we care about pretty much anything that has an impact on investor-owned utilities in Missouri because they are regulated by the state. We often intervene in, in cases that involve their management and how they do their resources and everything else. But more importantly to this, one of the things that Elliott Management Group noted that they believed that Evergy was not doing properly, that they should have been doing to maximize the value of their shares, was they should have been putting more renewable energy on their on, in their well, they, in the grid. They said uh, reducing O&M expenses and increasing investments, which to me sounds like investing in renewable energy. Well, yeah, but that but they but they that has been said in like the press that that has been something they believe they should be doing more of. Elliot has said that about Evergy. And we should say that about Evergy. We say it all the time. Yeah. It's funny, Tim. We don't have a billion dollars of shares. Though. They don't listen to us when we say it. <laughs> but, you know, and I have, I mean, and I have no doubt that it was probably somewhat of a coincidence that after all this started becoming public, Evergy did announce, and, we're, and we will give them credit for this, they announced they're adding 667 megawatts of wind to their capacity. They did that a couple weeks ago. They're, Maybe a month ago. It's been a rough month for me, personally. It blurs together. It does a little bit. Well, you're a new dad. Yeah. You notice how like time kind of feels like a new concept to you? <laughs> like you're like, I don't know how this works now. <laughs> it's it's more difficult to keep track of days, but mm -hmm. I I've not used an alarm clock since George was born. Well, so. you don't need to. No. My wife still does, and I'm not entirely sure why, because like she'll be up at five and then some awful like this okay i am totally getting off track here but i think this is a funny story there's a syndicated radio show that they play here in columbia that sounds like a local channel and i don't know if that's intentional because i think maybe like people are like oh these sounds like really local bad talent but like they're they're like national and it's named after a guy who used to run the t the radio show but he's been dead for several years uh, I know kid craddock yeah. the kid craddock show did you know kid craddock is dead yeah you did know that. I did know that. I didn't know that. I thought one of those battling idiots on there was Kid Craddock. 
But apparently he's deceased, and it's like the Kid Credit Memorial Memorial Show. It's a very popular show. I so I hear. Yeah. I don't think well, so. When it wakes me it. up, I I listen to it and I hear them talk about like how they have trouble with their gym memberships and it's great. What was I saying? <laughs> Rough week. Tim, you're a dad. Uh, we can't remember exactly when Evergy bought this wind or they announced that they were going right. to buy this wind. But we think it's good. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and I think it's a great opportunity for. Um, that's the thing I don't get about a lot of this resistance by uh, Evergy is because if they can invest in new wind turbines, they can make more money, right? Uh, that, okay, and that, and that gets me back to what you thought was a non sequitur where I said, like, I'm, we're trying to make, we are trying to really focus on the economic arguments about wind and solar and energy efficiency here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We believe that this can make money for investor-owned utilities. Yes. There is evidence around the rest of the country, and frankly, there's evidence in Missouri now showing the value this is offering to investors, to shareholders, to companies in investing in this. Yes. Yeah. So you can make this argument that, yes, it's good for the environment. Yes, it is good for, you know, uh, avoiding domestic sources of energy. All those things are true. All those things are the basis for how Renew Missouri came to be. But it still is a compelling argument, especially in a, in an, in a, in a state. And I'm sitting here looking at the Senate and House districts, we have maps of those, which we probably need to update, but they're all pretty Republican and they're all pretty conservative. And the economic argument about wind and solar works a lot better than, with them than in the environmental argument. It's been my experience. So folks, if you don't agree with it, you can go to Jeff City and see how well you do when you go and try to talk about the altruistic value of wind energy. I want to talk about the fact that it actually makes money for Evergy and Ameren and Empire. Makes a lot of money for it. Makes a lot of money for so why don't you think Evergy was doing it before this, Tim Opitz? Well, they had a plan uh, in their merger uh, mm -hmm. to achieve savings, and a lot of that was getting rid of redundancies after the merger of two companies. Some of it was retiring uh, coal or gas facilities and, and keeping those O&M costs in rate base. Um, right. But we didn't think that was enough, did we? <clears throat> I didn't think that was enough. and I Dollar say savings? We didn't think that from our perspective at Renew Missouri, when we challenged this acquisition and we wanted conditions placed on it, we didn't want to stop the merger or acquisition. No, we wanted conditions placed on it. That's not what we. Yeah, that's what we were uh, arguing. Our worry and and, Car and Mr. Robigo's is he a doctor? Um, I'm not sure. Carl Robigo's testimony was to the effect that mergers are very complicated things. We can look at their plan. And it's a land at, of contrast. Look at all of the things that they have to do. And we want to have conditions on this merger, making sure that a priority is to invest in renewable energy and energy efficiency programs. And that seems like a simple request, or at least I thought that seemed pretty simple. Evergy sharply disagreed with me on that. Or us. Me. They had a I put us. I put us out on a, on a limb on that one. They had a different view of it. Right? They had a different view of that. And their view was, you suck. Well, <laughs> I think it was what? <laughs> Their view was, look at this. We're committed to doing yeah. this. Our, you yeah. know, here's our boards. Here's what we've done in the last decade. Right. Here's everything. And let me say this. Which, I think Evergy has... Yeah. wonderful. Yes. But it doesn't address our concern, which was we need you to continue focusing on this going forward. To do more. And uh, apparently um, 
Elliott management, I guess, agreed with us. Agreed with us, right? Not directly. They didn't say like, "Oh my gosh, the wisdom of James Owen and Tim Opitz is too hard to ignore." Although I bet if you ask them, they might say that. I don't know, but um, yeah. But they, but I think like so. I think a lot of people saw what we were doing as like obstinance or just being difficult. I have that reputation in Jefferson City that I'm a difficult person that just likes to put obstacles in the way. But the reality is, I believe there's a, a legitimate public argument for that. And I feel a little validated by that because I believe that there's a number of shareholders or a very dominant amount of shareholders that are involved with this who agree with us. Yeah, there is. Uh, you weren't being obstinate. No. I mean, you thought that this was the right thing to I did. I did. I don't know why people think that about me. Is it because I'm loud? Is it because, like, I have, like, this kind of overinflated personality? Or should I be telling my therapist about yeah, this? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's, like, an app you can text this about. <laughs> Probably not great podcast material. Are you sure? I think this could be pretty good stuff. Um, no, I won't, I, won't, I won't ask you to diagnose me, Tim Opitz, attorney. Um, so, but I, but I, but I, I but I, yes, I, let me just say this. I think that our concerns, as we laid out in that case, obviously remain concerned, and I hope now are being addressed. Sure. We hope so. Yeah, we hope so. I mean, I know that Elliot has been talking to regulators. They've been talking to consumer groups in Jefferson City, because, I mean, there are going to be some things that probably Evergy would have to do that Elliot wants them to do, they'd have to get regulatory approval for. Safe to say? Oh, probably, yeah. I mean, we don't, we, I mean, you know, if you're talking about, like, you know, your resource planning, you're talking about, like, how, like, big management decisions, those sorts of things have to be run through the PSC. Yeah, there's different rules that they'd have to... I'm not asking you to get into all of them. Like, you're, you're, like, being very reluctant about this. Like, I'm going to pop quiz you about this. Tim, we're all friends here. All right, um... (laughs) Uh, so, okay, so, okay, so where we're at now with this, um, we've had this announcement about Evergy doing this one thing. I think now what I, my understanding is from reading, uh, the press about this is that Elliot is demanding seats on the board. Yeah, I think that's... Two uh, seats, right? I think that's right. Tim Opitz and James Owen? No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> I think uh, James Owen and uh, John Kaufman. Oh, yeah. Boy, that would be a nightmare of epic proportions, wouldn't it? Um, John Kaufman, our friend, who also asked to be on the podcast, but he is gone today. Okay. Uh, he is the attorney for Consumer Council of Missouri. Right. Uh, they're a very ardent uh, consumer advocate group that appear before the Public Service Commission on cases with us. They are often at odds with us. Sometimes we agree with them on stuff. John also represents the AARP in a number of cases around the country. Right. He used to have my old job as public counsel, and he was probably as controversial as me, but got I got fired much sooner. <laughs> he was fired, too. He was fired. Okay, right. Oh, that was a big deal. Okay. You go there, you can uh, Google John Kaufman and, like, Matt Blunt, and um, you will find a lot of articles. About, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch took that up as a... Um, as a banner issue that Matt Blunt had fired John Kaufman. Um, when I got fired, they didn't bring it up. I think they put it on the front page of the paper the next day, but then they bring, didn't bring it up at all. Even though I might maintain there was a column written about me in my role as public counsel that led to me being fired. You remember this? 
Is this about the, um, the about the ex parte ex rules, parte Tim? Rules, right. Yes, uh, a columnist, and a columnist I like, and I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but Tony Messenger, who I've known for 14 years now, back when he was still working in Springfield, wrote a column about me and basically saying Governor Greitens, who was our governor, should have looked at me as some sort of ethical example of what to do in Jefferson City because of my stance against the Public Service Commission. You should have. <laughs> well, you know, in hindsight, yes, he probably should have at someone for ethical standards. He didn't have many. But when you have something like that said, one, I can say, it was, ni- it was nice validation because you sometimes think that you're fighting this and no one's paying attention and because you do have like these legitimate reasons for fighting stuff. But it also puts a big target on your head. I know it did because I was gone like two or three weeks later. <laughs> like three weeks later, I think, literally to the day I was gone. So anyway, um, yeah, so the, the, <laughs> the lesson for that story is don't be ethical in Jefferson City. Just I don't kidding. I know that that's a good lesson. That's not the lesson. No. Uh, <laughs> if you want to keep your job. John Kaufman. Uh, what were we saying about him? When we were uh, facetiously <laughs> pitching you and John oh, as board members. as board members. That's not going to happen. No. That would really be fun, but that's not going to happen. But they will probably end up getting some positions on there. Yeah? I think they probably will. Yeah. But they're also demanding certain management changes happen. I'm less familiar with that. We, that's not as public, but I mean, I think what the press, what they've announced to to press releases is that they do want this and that there is movement being made to change certain management practices. We don't know what those are. Um, so stay we can't tuned, stay tuned. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, to kind of wrap this up and you're probably thinking, oh, thank God you're doing that. Um, you know, what we're basically saying is like all this, like when we get into shareholders and investors and shareholder activists and that sort of thing, those things have an impact on what we do at Renew Missouri. They have an impact on how the Public Service Commission regulates these people. It has an impact on how those investor-owned utilities are managed. Uh, That all matters. So when you see stuff like this and you think, well, does this have an impact on if we're going to have more solar or we're going to have more wind? Mm -hmm. The answer is, yeah, because this stuff is really complicated and it all kind of like ties together and that's important. It, it is. And as an example, a real-life example of the utilities Ooh, talking like those. about uh, how <laughs> investors' actions will impact how the regulata- regulators should treat them. Uh, a few months ago, we talked about a case where the public council was seeking an AAO against... Evergy. For yeah. Have we uh, talked about this case? We talked about we, this. We talked about yeah, this. Yeah, okay. Um, and in the case docket for the commission, uh, there was the hearing, there was briefs, um, there was an on-the-record uh, right. where the commission talks in a televised broadcast. Um, this is where public counsel scenario. wanted to have a kind of a unfavorable accounting procedure done to Evergy for shutting down the Sibley coal plant, in a nutshell. That's how uh, KCPL would characterize it, unfavorable, but... Uh, yes. Right. So, <laughs> so after the on the record, it so happened that the uh, Evergy stock price went down. And yeah. Evergy made a filing with all of these uh, with, analysis, it, yeah, claiming that it was due to the regulator regulators' actions that they thought this was tanking the company's. Which some parties took issue with that being an argument. Some parties thought that was an improper argument. They thought that was improper. I think they made filings. Is that been appealed? Has that decision been appealed? That's going to be appealed, I have to imagine. It's probably 
probably being appealed. We weren't a part of that case. Because our, our take was we didn't really care how it was booked. We just were glad they closed the coal plant. That's right. In hindsight, I probably would have gotten a little more engaged with it if I thought it was going to be something that was going to be negative. But honestly, the PSC doesn't really do that very often. Um, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be good, could be bad. We talked about it as a case study for why securitization should go forward. Right? Uh, yeah, which we will hopefully talk about in some uh, future podcast. Um, but yeah, so that was a real life example of, of the utility saying, look at this, what you're doing is scaring our investors. Right. And they, t- and they talk about that a lot. They talk a lot about like how, um, decisions from the state or just, like, or things that the public council do that has an impact on spooking their investors. Right. And so that's another thing we got to think about yep. when we do this stuff. And so, now, and now we've got the situation where the investors are. The tail is wagging the dog the other way. Ah, the investors yeah. are, are managing how the commission should do it, right? Yeah, the chickens have taken over the coop, as they say. Well, Does anyone say that? I don't know. They, I, just, I, I just said it. Uh, Danielle, comment about this? No comment. <laughs> you could be doing this as a, as a legal career. Good. Or not. I don't know. Um, so... I want to wrap up here because I think we are over our time and Daniel's going to leave and I got to leave. But, um, you know, we hope that was interesting and helpful. One thing I want to pitch before um, I leave uh, is, okay, so we help run Advancing Renewables in the Midwest Conference. That is in, is that the University of Missouri? It's in conjunction with the University of Missouri and the City of Columbia. Um, one, we have several utility companies, including Evergy, who are sponsors of that. So I want you to know I'm not trying to, like, we're trying to be fair and balanced here. Um, but they are, but we have a lot of sponsors for that. Uh, that is going to be March 31st through April 1st. Uh, it starts at noon on March 31st. Uh, it is at the Kit Bond Science Center on MU's campus. Um, there are tickets still available. It is a really good conference. I helped pick uh, some of the speakers this year. Really good speakers, really good panels. Um, It's going to be really fun. And I would really encourage you that if you're interested in this stuff, um, you come, you you take a day or two out of your schedule to come listen to it. The the next day, April 1st, is a full day. So if you can't make it both days, you can come. uh, I would invite you to come to the first one, although there's not drinking at that one because we don't have a reception afterwards. But um, don't let that be the one selling point. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, yeah, so go to advancingrenewablesinthemidwest.com. We'll send out a link to that on this. So on behalf of everyone here at Room Missouri, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you like what you heard, and how could you not, uh, go subscribe to this on iTunes or Spotify. Write a positive review. No negative reviews because I don't really care. And uh, share this on your social media pages. Um People like to hear this. People are interested in this. So we like to think that there's just people other than those of the utility companies trying to keep an eye on us or uh, reporters that are listening to this. So thank you again. It's Renew Gurus, and we'll see you next time on the radio.